You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, um, welcome to Paradox. This is the kind of, kind of thing that we do here. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are in the middle of this series called Unfollow. As we're taking a look at our social media accounts, our social media interactions, all the stuff that's going on out there, maybe you're seeing some of it online right now as you're watching. I don't know what's going on in, in the comments. Um, hopefully none of this stuff right now. Some of you guys in here are, you're, you know, you're like, I don't know, can I laugh at this? I think I, I, think I can laugh. Yes, you can laugh um, because if you don't laugh, you'll cry here this morning. Um, but we've been taking a look at this. Our social media accounts, what it looks like, uh, and we, we've, we've covered already just a few topics, um, unfollowing the feed, the things that we look, we look at, the ways that it's, that it's shaping us, uh, the things that get fed to us for, in, a, in a very real way. And then a bunch of us got together here and watched a documentary called The Social Dilemma. Not, you know, it's not gospel, but it's pretty good. Uh, if you haven't already checked that out, get, get with a couple friends, get with a small group, check that out. Last week... Uh, my friend Michelle was up here doing a fantastic job. I loved all the wisdom that she was sharing about impartiality and what we're going after sometimes as we make all of these posts. Are we, are we after mercy, caring for others, or are we after the, the approval of other people? And, and how does that affect us? How does that shape us uh, in the things that we will post online? We've been going through the book of James here, and we're going to be getting into James chapter 3. If you want to follow along on the YouVersion app, that's a great place to do it. All of the scripture will be there, whether you're online or here or watching later on in the week. Um, but you can also check out the slides on, uh, on, on the, I don't know what these things are called, the screens. Uh, as, as we go, or maybe you brought your Bible and you just want to follow along, we're in James 3 today, um, and we're talking about influence, unfollowing the influence, and maybe more specifically, the influencers. I don't know if you've ever heard that, that word before, influencer. There are these people out there who, it would seem, it's almost like their job for some of them, uh, to just post things online. They're very influential, millions upon millions. I don't know how many millions of people it takes to be an influencer out there on your social media accounts, but I thought, you know what might be fun? Let's see just how uh, under the influence we are as a church and as those of us that are, that are watching online, maybe. Um, I thought, let's see. The, the top five influencers in the world, those, I mean, these, these people have hundreds of millions of followers People that are just watching, you know, oh, what did they have for breakfast? Who are they, you know, what, are, what are they wearing? What do they like to do? What movie did they see? Who are they voting for? All of these things. Uh, who are the top five influencers? I thought maybe we could do this a little bit family feud style. Can anybody shout out one of them? And we'll stop if I hear one of the top five influencers online. If you're watching online, you can comment away as well. Influencers. Who? The Rock. The Rock. Oh, my God. That, that was so more. I, in my mind, it was gonna, you weren't going to be so influenced. Uh, and you would have no idea. But yes, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, he's actually, ding, 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 number three on the list. 200 million people follow Dwayne The Rock Johnson for his updates and perspectives on life. Um, just to give you a few of the other ones, 
I will go uh, from, you want number one to number five, top to bottom? All right, top to bottom, number one, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, some of you are like, who? This is, yeah, exactly. Some of you are like, football! It's football, people! Soccer, that is. 239 million people are interested in how he can kick the ball. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure more things. Uh, number two, Ariana Grande. Yeah, yeah. A follower list longer than that ponytail. 203 million people follow the 27-year-old American singer. Number three, of course, Dwayne Johnson. Number four, any guesses? Throw something out there. Not Will Smith, no. Um, someone, someone far more prominent, Kylie Jenner. The number four most influential voice in the world. Kylie Jenner with 197 million followers, the 23-year-old American... Uh, influencer? Number five, Selena Gomez with 194 million followers, 28 years old, American singer. Just to round out the top 10 for you really quickly, uh, we have Kim Kardashian, Leo Messi, another... Uh, another uh, soccer player. Uh, Beyonce, Justin Bieber is in there. Um, just this, I thought this was interesting. One quarter, one quarter of the top 20 influencers in the world have the last name Kardashian or Jenner. That is an influential family right there. One quarter of the most influential people. Uh, and then the average. I thought, what, I, I'm interested, what is the average age? The average age of the top 20 was 33 years old, and this, this stat uh, was impressive to me. 31% of influencers creating sponsored posts are between the ages of 18 and 24. So um, these, these sponsored posts, the things that are influencing, you, you see them, they're targeted for you. You are coming under the influence of most likely one in three chance, someone who is between the ages of 18 and 24. How do you like them apples? Oh, the influence, the influence. This word, influence, an influencer. To influence someone means to have the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development, the behavior of someone or something. The capacity to have the influence. And many of us would say, no, 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 they don't have an influence on me. I would, I would, I would submit to you that that is exactly the goal. This is why. So many of them make so much money, and companies are willing to pay so much money for them to sponsor ads and get it in front of your eyes because, in fact, they do have an influence on us. They influence our behavior, our character, our development, our perceptions. Maybe we don't always do what they say, but it can influence our feelings, our day, our emotions, our perspectives on other people, our relationships with other people. We end up being shaped by these voices, whether or not we like it, whether or not we realize it, whether or not we are aware or want that. The Bible actually, believe it or not, even though there was no Facebook in Jesus' day, that would have been an interesting post, uh, you know, interesting account to follow. There was no Facebook, no social media, and yet the Bible has a whole lot to say about this topic of influence and what it means to be an influencer. As I said, we're in James chapter 3. We're going to start right at the top with verses 1 and 2 today when it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, 
For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. All it takes for us is, is to take a look at social media to realize just how broken, just how divided, just how not good our world and therefore people, yes, me, you, others, it's not just out there. There is a problem in here. We all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. Well, here at Paradox, we say, come as you are, no perfect people allowed. I'm assuming that, well, every single one of us here realizes on some level, you know what? I haven't lived up to it. Not perfect. If anyone doesn't stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. I want to go back to this, though. Not many of you should become teachers. There's this idea out there of influence, right? The influencers are those with 200 million followers. You'd say, I don't have 200 million followers. I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy, just a girl, you know, a post that, that I had some kick cereal for breakfast this morning. We went to the apple orchard or something like that. I don't, I don't want influence people. But here's the thing. Social media is ushered in an age, maybe this is good, maybe it's not so good, where everyone has a voice. Everyone, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether you like it, whether you don't, everyone has a voice if they want it. And if you have a voice, you have influence. When everyone has, influence, has a voice, everyone has influence. Your voice, the things you share, the things you post, that is your influence. It all matters. It's all doing something out there. If you don't believe me, let's, let's think about how this plays out a little bit. Your voice is your influence. You know this if you have kids. Ever, ever heard somebody say, you know, oh, kids, they say the darndest things. No, they don't. They repeat the darndest things. <laughs> <laughs> they will repeat the darndest things. Why? Because your voice has an influence on them and their life. They talk like you. They sound like there's a reason quite frankly, that if you speak English in your home, your kids speak English because your voice has an influence on them. They don't come out and just speak Spanish. That'd be great, but it doesn't happen. That does not happen. Your voice has an influence on your kids. We see this all of the time. Where else do, do, do we have this influence that we see? Uh, sales. A whole lot of us, you know, we go online. That's where we do a whole lot of our selling of things online. And you would say, no, 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 I don't have any influence. And if that's true, then why are you online? Why are you on social media trying to sell your things? Unless you would say, yeah, there's some influence that happens there. When people see me, see my product, have that connection, they're more likely to be influenced to purchase or do what I'm hoping that they will purchase or do. We see it in our kids. We see it in sales. We see it in, in people. There's, you have this influence in that posting sometimes means that we have a general perception. We are influenced in the way that people are, the things that people are saying, the things that people are doing. You see this in polls many times. If you could just get out there, hey, people are feeling this way. And if enough people start saying it, then we start to go, oh, that's true. That's the way that people are. We're influenced by that. We have kids, we have sales, we have people. There's this idea where we get influenced about them, right? You start, you start believing a narrative in your mind, and every single time you see a post out there, you, you go, oh, that influences you by, 
by thinking, you know what, that's just how they are. They're those people go again. We have, we have this influenced idea of how they are, what they're like, what they think. And of course, it goes even further than that. Sometimes the them becomes Christians, followers of Jesus, where we will be posting things and we are influencing not just what people think about us or about paradox, about Christians, but about Jesus. Oh, there they go again. Christians are so judgmental. Christians are so hypocritical. They're angry. They're hateful. They're bigoted. And you know what? There have been times in the past where that has been true. There are reasons why some of these things have taken root and, take, and, and shaped, influenced the way that people view Christians, church, Jesus himself. And for those things we want to say, we're, we're sorry. We, we all stumble in many ways. We really do. But when we do, we're, we're influencing others. And we have to recognize that, with that our voice has influence. We have influence. Every single one of us here today, in our words, in our social accounts, in our posts, we influence others. And that's a responsibility that we should be taking greatly. Your voice is your influence. In many ways, you follow who you follow. You end up acting like, thinking like, talking like, being like those who you actually follow. There's an influence that happens on you. Who are you following? But if, if you were to look through your, your, your friends, the pages, the profiles, the celebrities, the media outlets, what does that say about their influence on you, who you're becoming? It's been said that if you, if, if you, you show me your friends, I'll show you what you look like in a few years. We, we end up being the average of the people that we spend the most time with. We follow who we follow. And so here as a church, you know, even as a come-as-you-are place, an imperfect people, we, we say, hey, we are a people that are dedicated to being under the influence of Jesus. We follow Jesus. Maybe you've heard that phrase before or not. It's not just, oh, Christianity and there's this set of beliefs that we all hold. We are a group of people that say, hey, we want to follow Jesus. We want to be under his influence in our lives. We think that he's really onto something in his life, in his teachings, in his death, in his resurrection, and we want to live life the way that he lived it. We want to actually try to launch experiments, implement, practice, the things that he taught. We want to give him the benefit of the doubt. When Jesus says this, I want to go, all right, Jesus, I'm following you. I'm going to try that. We follow Jesus. We're under his influence. I would, I would suggest to you, if, if you are here today, maybe you're here some, today and you're just checking that out. I would, I would challenge you to launch an experiment. Try following Jesus in a certain way. Maybe that'll have to do with your social media accounts or a relationship today but try to implement something, to actually practice something that you hear today. To the Christians in the room, they go, yep, I believe the right things, I say the right things, I do the right things, I come to church. When is the last time that you actually followed Jesus? Meaning, when is the last time that he influenced your actions, your behavior, your character, your development, your practices? 
This is a convicting question for me. So I look back and I'm like, man, when was I going to do one thing? And I went, no, no, no. Jesus actually would have me do something else. And that influenced me in that direction. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And we follow who we follow. Every voice, every one. You have a voice. You have influence. And so there's responsibility that comes, to that, comes with that. Picking up in James 3, verses 3 to 5, it says, If we put bits into the mouths of horses, these are like examples of just how powerful our voice, just how influential our, our voice, our tongue, our mouth, uh, our words can be. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships. There's another example. Look at the ships. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. I was, I was doing some fishing at Belle Isle the other day, and you know, you're sitting there, and there are these huge, just massive boats that will come by. And it's amazing. I don't even know how those things float. But what's even more impressive is that they are guided and directed by a very small piece called a rudder. And what the Bible is saying is that your mouth, your tongue, the words that you say, they have influence and they have power. Your mouth has power. It can move a massive boat in the direction that you want it to go. Quietly, unseen, oftentimes from behind. That is the amount of influence and power that it has. Similarly, if you've ever rode a horse, there's a bit that goes into the mouth. And if you go, if you tug on it this way, the whole body then goes that way. This way, the whole body goes that way. The tongue is like that rudder. The tongue is like that bit that goes in the mouth. Though it is small, it has great power. Your mouth, my mouth, the words that we say has power. It can set the tone for an entire conversation. Have you ever misspoke? Said a word you didn't quite mean to say, and all of a sudden, everything breaks loose. Stuff hits the fan. That is the power. It is a testament to the power of a word. With that, it can also bring good things. Sometimes you can just go in and say a word. Last night, uh, my, my baby girl, Nora, she had a little cut on her hand, right? And she's freaking out. She's absolutely flipping out. And when I just came in there, and I said a word in a certain tone that can, that can de-escalate something because words have power. They set the direction, the course, the tone of our life. Gwen this year, actually, my wife, she's not in here, uh, but this year she has been saying to herself, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. And you know what? She wasn't a runner at the beginning of this year, but today, she's a runner. That girl gets up at insane hours of the morning on a very regular basis and does what I try to avoid at all costs, <laughs> which is run. Why? Now, it's not because she said it. You have to actually do it too, right? But by saying it, by believing that, by saying, no, this is true. This is what's true. It ends up guiding our thoughts, which guide our actions, guide who we are. Some of us remember still to this very day something that someone important, something some, that someone that we loved or looked up to or wanted to be friends with said to us, a parent, a spouse, a teacher, 
maybe the bully on the playground, a, a close friend. All they did was say a word, and that word got in you, in you somehow, somewhere. And that word, for better or for worse, has been driving you, directing you. Either because you believed it and you said, no, that's, that's true about me. I'm just, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. I'll never be in with the cool kids. Or you do everything in your power to prove them wrong. And you keep on going back to that word. That word, our words have great power to guide and direct and shape and influence with just a word. You know, there's, we're going to start getting into this word, fire. Uh, if, I don't know if you're into uh, Netflix documentaries as much as I am, uh, but <laughs> there was another one that just came out in the last couple of wor- weeks, uh, not weeks, uh, a couple of years, um, called the, I don't know what it's called. It was about the fire festival, F-Y-R-E, you know, kids these days, the fire festival. Anybody heard of this one, the fire festival? Here's what happened. Somebody had a great idea. It was awesome. It was going to be great. They're going to go down into this, this abandoned island in the, uh, you know, in the Caribbean, and they're going to have this massive party with all these bands. And so what they did was they enlisted some of these influencers to start getting the word out about everything that was going to happen down there. And it worked. It worked. These influencers went out. They started telling people. More and more people started going, yep, I'm in, paying ungodly prices for things, uh, having promises. And they showed up. All the while, the work isn't happening. They were promised luxury, luxury accommodations. And they ended up with FEMA tents, luxury meals. And they got those emergency ones. There were supposed to be some of the top bands in the world that were playing at this festival. There was no music, nothing. And it all points back to the power of influence. Why did these people pay money, get on an airplane, and go? Because somebody told them it was going to be great. And that word guided and directed their actions. They spent money. They spent time. They went somewhere that they wouldn't otherwise have gone. Influencers that are paid to influence you towards that action on social media. What we say, what we post, because of this, not only do we have influence with our voice, But our words have power to do things in our life. Our words have power to do things and direct and guide others as well. They have power. We have to recognize that. We have to treat it that way. What we say and what we post matters. It matters to us. It matters to others. But it also has consequences going on. Again, in verse 5, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed as has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. James is saying, we've tamed a lot of things. we've, We've harnessed the power of electricity, the forces of nature. We have tamed wild animals and used their power. But here, in the year 2020, thousands of years later, no one seems to have been able to tame 
this little thing called their tongue just yet. That is how powerful it is. That is the amount of influence that it has. And when you have something so very powerful, so very influential, the consequences of misuse are that much greater. Your words have consequences in this life. Think of, you know, this word, you know, setting a great forest ablaze. It's hard to not read those words right now and have my mind go over to California where there is a fire that is raging out of control. I actually looked it up. Uh, This is the 2020 California wildfires. On Monday, they're no longer calling that fire a mega fire. It has now taken on a new classification called a gigafire. A gigafire. It's never been used before. 1.03 million acres are currently burning right now. That is larger than the state of Rhode Island. It's it's going across seven counties. The article that I was reading said it's mind-boggling. A mind-boggling 4 million acres have been burned this year. That is double the previous record. Double. 4 million acres. And it all starts with just a spark, just a little flame. Certainly, people did not intend that. Whether, whether you would look at this and say, it's because of climate change. This is not the intended result. Or maybe it was because of someone's uh, gender reveal party. You know, I've heard all of the different explanations for this, and we can't agree on what caused it. You know, here, I, we can actually agree on what caused it. Fire. Like a little... A little bit of fire somehow got out of control. No one intended that. Well, it depends on who you ask. But again, probably people did not intend to burn down four million acres of national treasure. But something so powerful has powerful consequences. Our words have consequences. And I want to make an important distinction here right now. Because whenever you start talking about the consequences of things, you have to deal with intention and consequences. And that is a line that increasingly is very, very blurred in our society. We live in a culture right now that many people are starting to believe that they should never be triggered. They should never have to see, feel, experience anything that would be deemed offensive to them. And this is true of every side, every topic, every people group. There is a part of us that goes, I shouldn't have to see that. I shouldn't have to feel that. You shouldn't say that. I'm triggered right now. This is a safe zone for me. The truth is that we are responsible for our responses. We are responsible for what happens with us. We are responsible for our actions. We're responsible for our intentions. That doesn't always mean that we intended what happened. I mean, specifically, for years, honestly, uh, I, would, I would take something as, as just divisive and powerful as the issue of race in America, and I would say, no, 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 that's not intended. That's not the intention. If I I said that, if that was hurtful, if that's the way that it's being interpreted, I didn't intend that. 
But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now, I'm not responsible for how it's being taken. I am responsible for my intention. But because I follow Jesus, because I want to act in love, that means that I do care about the consequences. That means that I will recognize what could happen in the heart. And I will take that into account. Am I responsible for it? No. But love is actually, this is what Jesus did for us. Love takes, takes on responsibility that is not it. When I act in love, I take on responsibility for someone else, for your actions. I'll give you an example. This is, this is the, I've got three kids, nine, seven, five, Jenna, Josh, and Nora. They do things, they have broken windows on other people's houses that I did not break. Now, if I don't love them, I go, man, that's your problem. You're going to have to figure that one out. I don't know if you're going to have to go and do some work, you know, whatever it is. But in love, I take on, their, I take on responsibility for their action. I go, all right, no, this is, this is on us. We're a family. They don't have jobs. They can't pay the bills. I take responsibility for them. The things that they sometimes say, I take responsibility for Am I personally responsible? No, it's, I didn't do it. I didn't say it. I didn't mean it. But you know what? In love, I'm willing to recognize that there are consequences. And I'm willing to take some of those things on and consider those. This idea of fire out there. The tongue can start a fire. And it's not enough to just to have good intentions. I have to recognize that. I brought this flint with me uh, today. And in a lot of ways, our words are like this flint. Our social posts are like this flint. And every time we open up our mouth to say something, I knew this was going to happen. There it is. Sparks can fly. Every time we sit down at our computer, sparks. We don't know exactly where these are going. We don't know exactly what these will do. So we want to be careful with it. Because I'm, right now, I'm looking, and there's a reason that I'm not doing this over the carpet, Right? Would I intend to burn this place down? No. But I've got to recognize that to do, to do this right here over the rug might be a little irresponsible. We say that in real life, but we don't necessarily translate that over to our social media account. You know what? To say this, that way, to this person, in this time, might be a little bit irresponsible. So I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do this right here. Because... Right now, our country, our culture, our climate, I mean, think, think about California. It's very dry. It's parched. There is not love. There is not a whole lot of grace. Say anything. Say the wrong word. It doesn't matter what you meant. You will be canceled before you can click delete. That's our culture right now. And I'm not saying that we need to operate in fear. I am saying that we need to operate in love. We have to recognize that there's not any love out there. There's not any grace. And so instead of just going, I got rights, I'm going to say what I want, I can say what I, I didn't mean it that way, and keep on firing out there, we need to recognize the massive power that our tongues have and what the culture that we are posting this or saying this into is and what the consequences of that might be. People are getting hurt. Church is being divided. Relationships are being torn apart. Our country is on the verge of, 
I don't even know what. And it's because of our tongues. No one intended this. No one intends that. No one intends to, to end relationships. No one intends to divide people group. No one intends to collapse empires. But little bit by little bit, the more we say and the more we post, especially into a hotbed, tinder, ready to take it, the greater the consequences are going to be, the more damage ends up being done. Our mouths have power. What we say and post matters. The conditions are ripe for wildfire right now. And if we're smart and if we're loving, we will take that into account. We will go, you know what? I'm going to act a different way. Actually, what if we did this? More like Proverbs 15. And I'm going to read out of the, a, a version of the Bible called The Message because sometimes it's just really cool to get a different perspective. This isn't a literal translation. It's kind of a paraphrase of, of the Bible. But Proverbs 15 says this. A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Ever just wanted to say something? Get, get that one dig in. Oh, if I just, oh, they, they said this, and if I just say this, there, I got it. A sharp tongue kindles a temper fire because it's never the last word. The last word's never the last word. Knowledge flows like spring water from the wise. Fools are leaky faucets dripping nonsense. The Bible's so relevant sometimes. God doesn't miss a thing. He's alert to good and evil alike. Kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. I said it this way recently. You might be right and still get it wrong. You can, you can have the right perspective. You can be on the right side of an issue and still miss the point of love and the person on the other side of it. You can be right and still get it wrong. Cutting words, wound and maim. Moral dropouts won't listen to their elders. I, you know, hey, since I'm going for it today, moral dropouts won't listen to their elders. I, I just want to go back to this. Our top influencers, remember the average age? 33, 18 to 24. Maybe we're missing out on some wisdom. Just maybe. Moral dropouts won't listen to their elders. Welcoming correction is a mark of good sense. How often do you see out there on social media, you know what, I got it wrong. I actually had, a, had, had bias. I actually jumped to a conclusion. No, no, no. But welcoming correction is a mark of good sense. The lives of God-loyal people flourish. A misspent life is soon bankrupt. Perceptive words spread knowledge. Fools are hollow. There's nothing to them. just want to go back to verse 1 again. A gentle response diffuses anger. A gentle response diffuses anger. There's a wise way to engage, and there's a foolish way to engage. Not, I'm not saying, fire's not bad. It's not. It can be used for evil. It can also be used for good. That power. I mean, if words were bad, what is Jesus doing walking around saying, I, I'm, I'm the truth. I am the word. In the beginning was the word. Jesus. He is the word. It can bring incredible good. If you're a Survivor fan, first of all, I like you. Second of all, you know that every single time there's an episode of Survivor, they say fire is life. This has the power to destroy or it has the power to bring life into the world. So how do we start to bridle this great power? 
How do we start to steer in a good direction instead of creating devastation and destruction? Well, we go on into the rest of James 3. James 3, verse 9 and 10 says this. With it, meaning our mouth, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing others. My brothers, these things ought not be so. The first thing, if we're going to post wisely, the Bible is telling us, hey, with this same mouth comes good stuff and it comes bad stuff. If we're going to post wisely, if we're going to use this power, we need to first check our heart. Because what is on the inside is going to come out. Here's the worst thing that could happen is for you to hear this message today and go, you know what, that's right, I'm going to try harder. Nope. No, you're not. You can't. You won't. It won't work. What is on the inside always will come out. It goes on in James 3, verses 11 through 16. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. You can't get it perfect. I've tried. I'm, I'm, if you're on, into the Enneagram, I'm in Enneagram 1, meaning I'm a perfectionist, and I can come pretty close to always saying exactly the right thing. This is part of my job, is to get up here and say the right thing thing. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I won't because I'm not perfect in here. I can't, I can't produce just always good, life-giving, loving words. So instead of trying to clean up the outside and make sure I'm always saying the right things, first of all, that's exhausting. Second of all, you're going to fail. What needs to happen is that I need to consistently go, all right, what's in my heart? I want to consider the source Jesus, would you do something in here so that I don't have to worry so much about what's coming out because what's coming out is good and from you. I'm getting you, your, your word. Remember we said this? We need to spend more time in this book and less on Facebook. I, w- I want to get God's word inside of me coming out. I, as Christians, we actually believe that when, when you say, man, I want a relationship with you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God's presence, comes and lives inside of you. This is weird. It is, but it's true. It's a paradox. Yeah. (laughs) God is so big. He's so out there. And yet, when we go, Jesus, I want want a relationship with you. You came to cover my sin. Would you come inside of me, my heart? Would you live inside of me so that it's no longer I who live, but you that lives in me? Would you come out of my mouth? That's what we get to say when we follow Jesus. And I want to encourage you to pause before you post. Finishing up with verses 17 and 18. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, sincere. Would any of these words be used to describe social media, your feed, the feeds of the others that that you are following right now? A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. When we pause, right, let's just go through these. What if we just stopped and said, you know what, I'm going to put this through a a real quick test. First of all, if I want to post wisely, is this pure? Some of us have have water purifiers on our our, um, our faucet thing, you know. What does that do? It filters out any impurity, 
What if we paused and didn't just, I, I almost called, called this message word vomit, because that's what we'll do, right? We'll, we follow our emotions, and when we're following our emotions, we get all fired up. You're like, oh, those kids, that issue, those people, and we start going off, you know, they're, and they're, there's not, they're not a person anymore, they're just an issue. They're just a problem. I see that so many times. You're the problem if, no, you're, you're not the problem, you're a person. There is a problem, it's sin. You are not the problem. But when I'm functioning out of my emotions, out of, out of this, uncle, this, this part of my heart that's just like driven by emotion, my tongue follows, it's like, yeah, go with that. And I start posting, there's all kinds of impurity in that. And impurity is poisonous. There's a reason why when I go backpacking, I want to get out my water purifier and get rid of the bacteria, the germs and things, because that stuff gets inside of you and it'll kill you, especially in great amounts. And we're connected all the time. Kids, you used to go to school and that was the worst it got. Now you come home and you spend all night long, some of them literally all night long, with their face in front of a screen with people that don't love them, that are speaking awful things over them, beating them up, and shaping the way that they view themselves. Is this post pure? Is it delivering something good and life-giving, or is there all sort of contamination in it that's going to bring poison and death? When we're triggered, when we're offended, when we just want to post something, when we want to be right, do we go to God first and go, God, I, I want you to, will, will you speak what's true to me about this first? I just want to pause for a second, God. Is this pure? Is this peaceable? We all know that sometimes we have different intentions, different desires, different motivations for the things that we'll, we'll post. And let's be honest. Let's get real. It's not always to make peace because you approach that conversation very different. If I've hurt someone or if we have a disagreement and I want to make peace, my approach is very different than if I am still trying to make myself hurt or make myself win or be right. The approach is, is this gentle answer thing that we were talking about. I approach going, hey, I, I'm so sorry. I think that, I, that there's been a misunderstanding. I want to hear you out. How did I hurt you? Instead of the zinger or the, uh, the condemnation. Oh, yeah, but what about this? What about you? Oh, is it peaceable? Are we trying to make peace? Are we trying to make war? Honestly, it's pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. Sometimes it's not about what you say, right? It's about how you say it. We just did that, you know, we're, we're going through our God time card from Journey um, with, with our kids in the morning, and we're talking about integrity right now. And we had this whole thing where it's, we're like, man, you want to be truthful in your words. And so the, the sentence that, that Holly sent out was, you're supposed to say, hey, nice shirt, you know, and my kids hear that, and then I say to them, but what if I say, nice shirt? And they all laughed at me, you know, uh, because I'm, I'm dad and I tell dad jokes. So, but there's a difference in how you say things. The approach is different, and it's not what you say, it's how you say it. How many of us are online saying things in less than gentle ways that could be said a whole lot gentler? Pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason. Now, we all like to think that we're the ones being reasonable and everybody else is not. But are you open to someone else's reason? 
to someone else's reasons. Everybody, I, the world would be so much better if we stopped thinking that everyone else was an idiot. Honestly, we said, hey, I, I just I want to be open to, to your reasons. I, how can I respond? How can we have a conversation? How can I consider other views? Sometimes I'll see these things post, posted. Um, if you didn't like the Super Bowl halftime show, then you are a racist. You are a xenophobe. You are a misogynist. Maybe I just don't like Latin music. Uh, you know, like, is that possible? Maybe it's just that. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. Uh, or, or maybe on the other side of things, right? America, love it or leave it. That's, that does not sound that open to reason. In, in, in a culture, in a country that is designed, by its design to have conflict and tension and conversation, is it really so bad to go, hey, I'm seeing something that I don't like? We have to leave? That doesn't seem open to reason to me. I want to hear you out. It's full of mercy. Michelle talked about this a little bit last week. Mercy is when you're seeking the good of others. Full of mercy and good fruit. Elsewhere in the Bible, Galatians says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, self-control, understanding. How often do you leave your newsfeed feeling more joyful, more loving? How much patience have we seen out there? Kindness, goodness, self-control. No, full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial. It's sincere. How much of what we're posting is sarcastic? Meant to cut down meant to make look bad? Or is it sincere? When we go after that, I love this. There's this idea of karma all throughout the world that what you put out comes back. What are we putting out? What are we putting out there? Because that's what comes back. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Here's what it's saying. If you're out there trying to make peace, you'll probably get peace. You'll get more peace than not. If you're out there trying to sow discord, trying to make a point, you're not going to see peace. But here's what I love, right? Bono, Bono actually says this. He's from the band U2. He says there's this idea of karma in the world, that what you put out there comes back to you. And a lot of us buy into this. It's called religion, actually. If I be a good person... If I do the right things, if I say the right thing, if I go to church, if I work hard, good things come back to me. And in a lot of ways, that's true. The problem is that most of us aren't that good. We don't do the right things. We don't work nearly as hard as we think that we work. We're not nearly as nice to people. Our motivations are not nearly as perfect and good as we would have other people believe that they are. We all deserve to be canceled. But there is this thing called grace. Thank God for grace. Right now, we live in a graceless culture. No one can say or do the wrong thing, so we're constantly trying to protect. We're constantly trying to defend ourselves against attack. But grace is actually, when, when we get to go, you know what, I'm broken and I'm imperfect and I didn't do the right thing and I deserve what's coming to me for that. But grace and this is why be, having a God of grace in Jesus is so important because we don't get what we deserve. 
Jesus on the cross took what we deserve and gave us what we didn't deserve. A connection to God forever. A life of goodness and fruitfulness in him. Both now and forever. That is the gospel that we preach. It is a gospel of grace, of karma interrupted. And it's the offer and the invitation to all of us today. First from God. We, are, we, we invite that into ourselves and then because that's what's true on the inside, we get to turn around and offer that to others. We should be people of grace in all of our interactions, in all of our relationships, especially in the drought, the wasteland of social media. The tongue, our fire, it can be good. It can provide warmth. It can provide food, provision, beauty. So much good stuff about fire. Or it can absolutely destroy everything good in our lives. It's up to us. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just we come to you thanking you for your grace, thanking, us, thanking you that you don't give us what we deserve. You deal graciously with us. And so God, especially if we've never done this before, I just want to invite you again, your Holy Spirit, to come and live inside of us. Even in the midst of our brokenness, even in the midst of our failure, God, would you just come and live in us so that we can give grace to others, so we can give grace to ourselves. God, you don't condemn us because of Jesus. I pray that we would not condemn and cancel others or ourselves. God, you are our defender. You are not our prosecutor. You are not a God who points out all of our faults. No, you put them on Jesus. God, so we don't have to defend ourselves anymore. We can lay down our lives, our rights. We can lay down our right to be right, knowing that you go before us, you love us, we are who you say we are, and you will defend us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.